Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Word of God which we study tonight, which is also tonight's Passion reading, is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 17 to 30. Now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Those of you who have seen the TV show The Office may remember a certain episode where Michael Scott tries to help Jim out by putting diesel into his car. Jim doesn't think that's really a good idea. Most of us know better than to attempt to put diesel into a car that's made for unleaded. It matters what we put into our gas tank. Most of us understand that and know that, and most of us also understand and know that it matters what we eat. The other day I was rifling through the freezer and found a couple uh, beef spare ribs. Put them in the crock pot with some seasoning. So good. But uh, nice thick slabs of fat on either side of the meat. Good to taste, but probably not the best meal to have too often, right? We know that it matters what we put into our car. We know that it matters what we put into our bodies, even if we don't always do what we know we should. But we seldom stop to think about what we're putting into our soul and what that can do to our spiritual life. What we're putting in through what we hear and see by the, the movies and TV shows we, we choose to watch and sometimes even by the company that we, that we choose to keep. In the second epistle of Peter, the apostle speaks of Lot, Abraham's nephew. And he reminds us in 2 Peter 2, verse 8, that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. 
Notice that Peter uses the active voice. He doesn't use the passive voice. He doesn't say that Lot's soul was tormented, but he says that he, Lot, tormented his soul by choosing to remain among and to live among such wicked and sinful people. Lot was righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, as Peter reminds us, that righteous man, uh, despite his poor choices but probably without him even realizing what he was doing or stopping to think about it very much, he was tormenting, he was destroying his soul by the company that he chose to keep. It matters what we take in. Not only what we take in by what we eat, but what we take in with our eyes and our ears. Like Lot, we live in the midst of a very sinful world and we can't escape, we can't avoid all the sinful influences that surround us. But like Lot, we also often choose to do things that greatly increase the amount of sinfulness that we're exposed to. We make choices about movies and TVs and, and the company we keep. It is into this miasma of filth that Jesus comes with his pure holy supper here he gives to us something that is without the sin that surrounds us every day of our life it's free from even the the tint of such sin something that is pure and clean and holy something that not only is good for us to take in but something which he himself promises removes that filth that is so much a, a part of our lives and purifies and, and cleans us for the service of God. It matters what we take in, and the Lord's Supper is pure. We have right here in our congregation one whose job it is to deliver clean pure water to people so that they can make sure that they aren't receiving the contaminants of this world and what they drink every day of their life, right? That's exactly what Jesus does, the same thing for us except for our souls and the, the supper that we are about to receive tonight. Jesus, knowing the sin that surrounds us and in which we live, provides us this source of spiritual water, free and clean and pure from the contaminants of the world. It matters what we take in. And the best thing that we can drink for our souls is that very word of God and that supper which he provides coming weekly to receive this pure, undefiled source of water for our souls. Jesus says in our text, this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The very supper we are about to receive, that we receive here tonight, that Jesus gave to his disciples. Jesus promises us it's not only clean, but gives the remission of sins. Remission means to remove, to send away. Jesus' supper is the, the filter which restores us and gives us that that purity that we cannot get from this world. It matters what we take in, and the Lord's Supper gives us renewal 
Some of you probably know that children's song that matters, or sorry, um, be careful little eyes, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear, for the Father up above is looking down in love. That song reminds us to be, to be careful of what we do and say and think and what we see, because the Father is watching everything we do. We don't want the Father to, to see us doing things. But even more important than worrying about what God sees us doing because we know he's our loving Father who forgives us is what those things do to ourselves. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee sexual immorality for every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Paul reminds us that this one type of sin can ruin, can destroy our physical bodies. In the same way, every sin, no matter how small or great, degrades, eats away at our souls. Again, in Galatians 5.19, Paul reminds us, the works of the flesh are evident, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, wrath, selfishness, ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Such things clearly we should not do and make a part of our life, but the Bible warns us against even association with them. These things are the spiritual equivalent of secondhand smoke, right? Where they not only harm the person who does it, but others who may be standing nearby. We don't want to stand in a cloud of of smoke, and we don't want to live our lives in a cloud of, of sin. In the supper that God gives to his disciples in our reading and gives to us tonight, God takes things that are earthly, that come from the earth, bread and wine, and by his word and by his power, he makes them something greater, something heavenly. He transforms them. And in the same way, he takes those who partake of them, us. Those who are earthly in our desires, sinful in what surrounds us, and he transforms us. He renews us by the power of his word to make us not no longer of the earth and of the sin of the earth, but of his kingdom and children of God. Ephesians 4 reminds us, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It is the supper and his word which accomplishes that, which renews us in body and in soul. It matters what we take in. And it's his supper which renews us to take us out of that, that filth that we live our lives in and make us children of the Heavenly Father, renews us in the image of God. The Lord's Supper is truth, isn't it? God gives us many visual images of what our attitude towards sin ought to be in the Old Testament. One of those is Mount Sinai where they put the fence around the mountain and no one was allowed to touch that mountain because we are sinners. And that which is sin, that which is even a little bit of sin, cannot come near to the holy mountain of God lest it die. The same thing about the Ark of the Covenant, right? Which 
<clears throat> you cannot even touch it. And we remember how David failed to read God's word and take appropriate precautions, as God's word said, in the moving of that ark. And unfortunately, that one priest died because, of, because David failed to take seriously what God says in his word. These are all symbols, reminders of what our attitude to sin ought to be. And Jude reminds us of the same attitude in Jude one twenty three, that we ought to hate even the garment defiled by the flesh. Our attitude should be not to even let it come near to us. You know, there's a, lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of talk these days in the news and other places about these AIs. Maybe you've heard something about these uh, AIs they're creating to chat with people and make images. And some people are very concerned because these AIs learn from every interaction they have. So what happens if people are feeding false information into them? Are people going to be able to use them to spread uh, things that should not be spread? lies and bigotry and other things like that. These people are really worried about what's being taken in by these AIs, lest they be corrupted, and yet how many of them worry about what they themselves are taking in and how it corrupts and transforms them. What we have here in the Lord's Supper is truth. What we receive from God, Jesus says, is my body. It is the true body and blood of Christ, given and shed for us. It is real and true as opposed to the things of this world, the things that surround us in this world. Even those things that are true by the standard of the world are only a shadow of truth. They are passing and fleeting. They're here today and they will be gone, if not tomorrow, certainly when the world is destroyed. But what we have in the Lord's Supper is the truth of God. The truth that remains. The truth that lasts. As Jesus told that woman at the well of Samaria, I will give you a spring of water, of living water, which will never pass away, springing up into eternal life. What God gives us tonight is truth. It matters what we take in. Some of you might be drooling, thinking of those beef spare ribs I was talking about at the beginning of the sermon. Some of you may not like beef spare ribs, I don't know. That seems weird, but I'm sure it's not. But we should drool all the more for the supper we are about to receive. Jesus comes to his disciples, he said, how greatly I desire to have this supper with you, doesn't he? How greatly we ought to desire what he gives us in this text, what he gives us tonight. It matters what we take in. What we receive here is pure, and it is truth, and it renews our soul. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.